cliffcentral.com. Hey, Henry, how are you? Fine, you, Gareth. Good, good. Nice to speak to you. We haven't spoken to you in a while. Um, I believe Anthea is away this week. So what's going on with the markets and what's happening in the economy at the moment? Well, you know, it's, it's at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would probably be useful for listeners to take somewhat of a sort of a philosophical approach to today's episode and look back on the year and think mm-hmm. about their portfolios and how they're positioned and how they're going to be investing going forward. Because I think often we get drawn into the, the nuances of the daily market movements and the minutiae of individual shares. But actually, sometimes it pays to just kind of zoom out and look at the big picture. Well, let's start with the fact that I don't think a lot of people have extra money lying around to invest. But if you're going to, if you're going to try and sort, let's say you take your bonus check, which some people get, some people don't, and um, and you have a couple of options available to you. Um, obviously, the first thing you would want to do is get rid of any debt you have. But let's imagine you've got a certain proportion of that that you want to invest. Now, everybody always thinks yep. the best place to put that is in companies, industries, markets that we're closer to or more familiar with. Would you agree that that's the best strategy? No, I don't think that's the best strategy. And I think as human beings, when you invest, you, you kind of you, – you're naturally um, vulnerable to something called familiarity bias mm-hmm. and recency bias. So as human beings, I mean naturally, you're more comfortable with things that you're more familiar with. And you also view the world – um, through the goggles of yesterday. So in other words, you, you're kind of shaped by yesterday's experiences and we kind of forget um, what happened 10 years ago, or even 20 years ago. But the problem with investing is what happened 10 years ago and 20 years ago is actually just as important as what happened yesterday because the world and business works in cycles mm-hmm. and you need to take those into account when you're investing. All right. So, so then what are the best places to go? I mean, you, you say we must be careful of these biases. So where should we be investing in, in, Angolan construction? I mean, what's, what's left field? Uh, where, how, how crazy should I be thinking? So, I mean, I, I, now I'm sounding like one of those really annoying ethereal investment people, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to. But, but I don't know if Anthea has ever told, or used the, the kind of the Martian analogy, the Martian sitting on Mars. No. She hasn't? Okay, great. Then it's new for you. Uh, we use it all the time. So, in other words, if you were a Martian sitting on Mars and you were looking at Earth, mm-hmm. And you had to now invest in this new economy. Would you, for example, after looking at all of the countries available to you, invest 90% of your wealth in South Africa? Hell no. Well, of course not. Um, And yet, when you look at the average South African's portfolio, that's exactly how it's been structured. Um, and again, that, 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 there's your sort of familiarity bias playing out. Okay, but, but, when you but look aren't, at the aren't, we, aren't we already yep. limited with being South Africans as to how much money we can send into other markets or send overseas? Yeah, there are limitations. I mean, you've, you can take one million rand a year out mm-hmm. without asking for permission. Um, you can take another 10 million rand out or 9 million rand out at least, um, asking for very basic permission. But I've seen guys get 200 million rand out in one go. You know, you just have to apply for permission, um, with the reserve bank and generally you get it. Um, there's a lot of fear mongering back home around capital controls and how it's difficult to get money out the country. But the reality, Gareth, is it's not true. You can. All right. So that's good news for anybody who does look at other places, but then, if not our local markets, which markets in the world are stellar at the moment? Which of them are performing beautifully? Uh, well, you know, this is the question that you need to answer because when you when you kind of look at the makeup of global GDP, so if you think about the world as one big business, you're already thinking in the right way. 
And now you need to look at the contribution of individual countries to that business. So America is now the biggest economy in the world. We know that. Mm-hmm. That makes up around – they make up around 25% of global GDP. Wow. Um, you've then got China after that, um, which is at around 15%. And then when you add in countries like Japan, India – um, and Germany, you get to around 50%. So half of the world's economy sits in actually a very small grouping of, of very big economies. Um, but the point I'm making is the construction of your portfolio should reflect that. Whether you're using active funds or whether you're using ETFs, talk to your financial advisor and make sure that your exposure re- reflects global GDP. Because then I think over time you'll have a much better um, investment experience. All right. Um where, where would you be – if you were in a high-risk kind of appetite situation, let's say you wanted to go somewhere that, that you know you'd get really great returns, even though there's a lot of risk, obviously, that yeah. comes with that. Um, you, you mentioned the big yeah. economies of the world, so America and, and Europe and China and Japan and these places. But where, where is your money your, the, the safest? Where is the most low-risk situation and where is the mm-hmm. higher-risk one with potentially mm-hmm. higher returns? So that's a great question, and it actually speaks to something that we call asset allocation in the industry. So it all depends on how young you are and what your investment goals are. But generally speaking, the younger you are, the more equities you should have. The closer you are to retirement, the less equities you should have um, because that influences the amount of, of risk in your portfolio. But I think what I, I thought about it this morning and what I really want to challenge um, Cliff Central listeners to do for 2020 is to start thinking about themselves as dollar investors. So when you look at the rands in your bank accounts and the rands in your share portfolio, forget about the rand value. I want you to take stock of what your dollar net worth is on the 1st of January. If you haven't what are you grown trying, are you that trying to upset everybody? We'll be, first of, yeah. It's it's Monday already. What are you trying to do? Make us cry? If you look at your dollar value right now, you're <laughs> miserable. My god. <sighs> yes. Leanne, I know. Leanne just did it. She, she fainted. She passed out in her I just chair. just burned my purse and gave up. <laughs> Look, the, the, the problem with doing that is the first time you do it, it's a fairly depressing exercise. Um, but the great thing is after you've done it, you are now a global investor and you're thinking like a global investor and you will behave in a way to protect your personal wealth. Because at the end of the day, Gareth, the world is turning into a global economy, and the currency of that global economy is the U.S. dollar. Right. And if you aren't thinking that way, then you're kidding yourself, and you may make some pretty obvious investment mistakes. So, so I want everyone to, glo- to grow their U.S. dollar net worth in 2020, and I think as a show, that should be our goal. All right. So from next year, we look at ourselves on a balance sheet where we're, we're, we're only talking dollars. Yes. All right. It's, that's a scary uh, prospect, but let's do it because you only take that plunge, as you say, once. You only take the plunge once. But right. on a practical level, it's not that difficult to do. Um, and, you know, again, 80% of, 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 tra- of trade globally takes place in, in the dollar, even if, it's, even if it's not directly. You know, ultimately, it's, it's a dollar economy. Okay, but just um, one, one last, you'll find that yeah. – one, one last thing before you go um, because – there are still things in this country that are worth investing in. There are still some stocks that return a pretty good value and that, that you, you probably want to yeah. keep an eye on, right? There are some stocks. Okay, so I guess on that note, um, if you look at the South African stock market, yeah, uh, it has a market capitalization of around 6.5 trillion rand, which sounds like a lot. Mm-hmm. But do the exercise we just discussed. It's actually not that much, is it? There are around 
420 companies listed on the JSE, and probably around 100 of them are investable. The other 300 are a little bit more tricky because they're smaller and a lot more volatile. Mm. Um, when you look at, for example, the American markets, there you've got over 5,000 companies to invest in. There's just tremendous breadth. And not only are there more companies, but they're also a hell of a lot bigger and a lot more liquid. Um, so, so, so the South African market actually has narrowed over the last 10 years, and it's become a very tricky place to invest. So, of course, yes, um, there will be opportunities on the JSE. And, I, and, and one thing I do want to say is that the last five years on the JSE have been quite terrible, mm. especially when you measure yourself in dollars. And what you need to remember about markets is they move in cycles. And they're not three-monthly cycles. They're not six-monthly cycles. They're not even 12-month cycles. These are five- to ten-year cycles. Mm. And the problem is after a bad five- to ten-year cycle, you really just want to throw in the towel and move on. But generally speaking, that's precisely the wrong time to do exactly that. Mm -hmm. um, so so I, I don't know how long this bad cycle is going to last for back home. Um, but I do know that we're a number of years into it. We're probably closer to the end of it than the beginning. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't want to take everything offshore. Right. But, but, but the overarching message here should be, um, you know, don't take an extreme position. If South Africa is around half a percent of global GDP, and that's exactly what it is, having 5% of your portfolio exposed to South Africa after you've catered for your liabilities and your expenses is appropriate. Okay. And, and I know it's a crazy thought, but we, we need to change the way we think as South African investors. And um, I think that's what we should be helping people to do, yeah? Right. Okay. Well, this is very practical, useful advice for us to start our new year with. Thank you, Henry. It's nice to speak to you. We'll, we'll chat again soon. See you guys soon. All right, man. Cheers. There's Henry Biddlecombe. He's from um, the same place as Anthea, Cartesian Capital and Anchor Capital, and they're busy giving us some good advice to start our new year as investors. So take your balance sheet, look at it in dollars, cry a little, and then start again. <laughs> Cliffcentral.com